You're visiting with us today to make your Mother's Day being here. We want you to let you know that we're glad that you're here also for that. When I thought about Mother's Day, there was no way that I was going to get in that. Uh, I, wanted, I do want to say I thank the Lord for my mother. Uh, I, I tend to think that everybody had one just like mine. I hope you did. Uh, she never wavered from nothing when it come to God. My mother did. I, uh, my mother will straighten you out and me out and everybody else out when it comes to things about the Lord. But I, I was so glad that I had a mother that I could hear around the house singing gospel songs. And you that are visiting today, if she was singing songs, she didn't know the rest of the words. She'd just go, la-da-da-da-da, la-da-da-da-da. And then she'd get back in, what a name above all others. She didn't know the next verse. She'd say, la-da-da-da-da. But she always had, always did have a song in her heart. Now, she was from the old school. Uh, when she caught you done wrong, she was the kind of mother. I know that y'all may think this is child abuse, but she was the kind of mother. She'd make me go cut my own switch. And I, ain't that something? That's something you ain't never heard of and ain't never happened. Can you picture yourself going up and standing in front of these trees trying to find out what switch you're going to cut so you can get whooped with it? And... Uh, my goodness, I, one of the worst spankings I ever got was coming from a swimming hole. Me and my first cousin had went, and we were swimming in this little pond, and Mama called us. It was rough. You hear me? And uh, wow, I remember my first cousin telling me that you ain't my mama. You ain't whooping me. She said, I am today. <laughs> How far we done come from them kind of days. When you stayed over somebody else's house, they was your mama. Amen. They took care of things. But, but mama's not wavering. I, I just thank God so much for that. I, I think that this country, which we live in, it, it goes back to a lot of women that made a stand for God, that worked in the church, kept the church clean, kept the church open, did the things that that only women can do, seems like. And uh, if, you, if you agree with me, I just want you to give the ladies a hand clap in the house today. I believe the first thing that we need to figure out when we come to know Jesus, if you're in Christ, I think that we need to figure out, is there a reason why that you ought to do what you're doing? I don't believe it ought to be out of formality that you just come to church today because it's just the right thing to do. I think it's a whole lot bigger than just a good idea. Amen. Now, I realize, based on what Billy Graham says, that only about 30% uh, of the folks that actually belong to a Christian organization, which we call the church, really, it's not about 30% of those that's ever been born again even those that are on the roll of a church. And that's just Billy Graham who's gone on to be with the Lord. That's what he would say. He would say in his crusades when they came down to accept Christ, records had been kept all of this day and, and all the ones that come down, 70% of the church body, the people that go to a church every Sunday, 70 out of 100%, 70% of them people still lost and on the way to the devil's hell. I want us to look at these scriptures today about 
something to do with David. I, I believe that it's built in a mama. It's built in a mama when she has a child to carry out the task. I mean, it's like a plan that's going on. I, uh, I, I believe that if it was up to men to have babies, I don't believe there'd be many. It'd be a sad deal. But mothers have something in them. I mean, they can sit up and rock all night long. I mean, I don't know how they do it. I mean, it's just, have you ever seen how they can tote them on the hill? All day. I mean, and then they, get, then they got a purse on the other deal, and then, then they got a diaper bag with that. It, it's so funny sometimes. To see these men that say they love the wife, they they toting two babies and four diaper bags in the purse. And a husband's hollering, are you coming or what? <laughs> wow. Us men just ain't geared that way. I don't care what you say. When I thought about all this, I don't know why the scriptures come to me about David. David, he said in Verse 29, uh, if we think about, we, we're going to be reading right there. So then David said, what have I now done? David had arrived where he was needed. He, he had done come up on something that nobody else wanted to take care of. Apparently nobody else could take care of. And David arrived and he said, is there not a cause? What have I done? They asked David, you know, the stories we would start back in verse one. The, actually, what had happened is God's people had done kind of let down on their responsibility. They were just kind of letting anything just come in and polluting. And Brother Larry, they wasn't making no stand for what was right. It, it would almost remind us of America. We don't make any stand. We just want anything just come in. I, I see a turning in the midst of what everybody else would think, think is gloom and doom. I, I see a turning, Brother Harris, going on in America, trying to get things back right, as we know that in, uh, in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says, now if my people, you think the church folks ain't got a whole lot to do with things. He said, if, if my people who are called by my name, if that little old remnant I got, if they was to seek my face, if they was to turn from their wicked ways, if they would step up and say, no, there's a plan that God's got for everybody's life that he's put inside of you. Some preachers have said in every person, there's a, a vacuum-shaped spot in there that only God can figure can, can fit into. You, you see people as, uh, as we want to think, well, if I get this, if I get this worked out, if I marry the right person, if I, if I get this job, if I get this money, if I get this house, all you got to do is go look at all the rich folks and all the tabloids and all them things that the devil lies to you about, you can tell that it ain't working. I believe what had happened right here and, 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 this, and this right here with, with David, and I really believe about this Goliath that come out, I believe, for 40 years. He, he was mocking God's people. Can you ever believe that? Would you ever believe that in America that one day you would turn on your TV and that these people get paid a whole lot of money 
would be making fun of our vice president for him saying, the Lord told me something. Would you ever think that folks would not only say something about it, but they would mock it and they would talk about it? I believe, look here, when, when the devil's done had his way for so long, just like that guy, that giant had come out and for so long, for 40 years, he, he had come out and he had just mocked uh, the living God, which is the one that we serve, just made fun of that. And nobody had it in them to step up to the plate. I would ask you today, is there a cause? Is there a reason why people that call the self a Christian, is it not time that we stood up if there's nothing else for them for that have come and, and gotten saved that, that had the same rights that we had, that they could go to a schoolhouse and they could put up an American flag and, they, and, and they, they could say, I pledge allegiance to the United States of America. Do you not think that there's a cause to at least give our children what we've had an opportunity to do? I'm going to tell you the reason why that Goliath, why that giant was mocking the living God because just like America, everybody took the back seat. And you know what the Bible said? There's a way, Brother Tommy Marbury says, that seems right to man. Oh, it just seemed right. Boy, don't it just seem so religious to say, well, all them folks need to come over here. You know what? And you know what? We, we, need, we need to give them time. I mean, they're going to they hang us on our, on, our, on our own things that we've set up. and They're going to say, well, we got our rights too. They're going to have your children. They're going to have books that they put things in that they're going to be teaching them about some kind of images and false gods that can't do nothing, that ain't never lived, that ain't never walked, that ain't never been raised from the dead, and they're going to pollute your family with all that. I'm just trying to get you to where this was. Yeah, all God's people had done back down. They, they didn't want to fight. They, uh, the Goliath had said in verse 9, if, it, if he be able to come out and fight me and kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, you shall be our servants. And the Philistine says, I, I, I defy the armors of Israel this day. Give me a man that, that I may fight together. Send him out here. Everything that you have that's precious. Right here in this town, there used to be a time if you wanted to scroll your baby down the streets of Brownsville, Tennessee, at 9 o'clock at night, you could do it and there wouldn't be no problem about it. Huh? Oh, what happened? Evil got where it was okay. The Bible said there's coming a time that evil is going to be good and good is going to be evil. It's going to swap places. And you know what? It's going to all be done in the religious realm. Little by little, we're just going to give it away. Little by little, we just, the Bible says in Amos chapter 6, woe to those that are at ease in Zion. I want to know if you're the ones going to have a plan. 
I wonder if you one's going to have that doesn't sit in your, in your life that you, you're the one that's going to protect it. You're the one that's going to pursue it no matter what. You're the one that's going to step up. I'm not just going to go through life any kind of way. I'm not just going to go through life as nothing matters and I will not stand for nothing that's right. <laughs> there used to be a guy here in town that had a radio station. This guy talked a whole lot. He... You know, he, he talked a whole lot. And they'd be on a radio station and they, they would be saying what's right and what's wrong. All of a sudden, he would get on the station. He would call in. What was his name? Huh? Charlie Pryor. <laughs> and when it really got... When it really got tough, Charlie would say, well, the Bible says on a radio station. Boy, that would throw a kick in things. <laughs> I remember being around folks and they said, well, don't nobody like him. I said, I like him. He ain't done nothing to me. He ain't ever said nothing out of the way to me when I see him. He's friendly. But what happened was Charlie Pryor went against the grain. He really went a little bit extra. Let's just really find out really what the real issue is. And what Charlie would do, he would go back and say, well, here's where it started at. See, it might have been, say, well, it was 10 years ago. You remember we had a meeting with the city council and you remember they, they changed it right here. And what we don't want to realize as American people is, it's way back when there was a woman called Madame O'Hara. They said, I'm going to come and I'm going to be the one that's going to take prayer out of your school. And we just sat back and we didn't do nothing. So now if we slip it in and you say, well, I tell you what, they do where my baby's at. I tell you what, you better not let the government know about it. You better not let none of them left-wing folks know about it. They'll turn you in. They'll be at your school trying to take all the funds from them they possibly can. Why? Because they're standing in the name of the Lord. Now, this ain't no political message. I'm just trying to tell you that the freedoms that we have, just like it's in a woman to take care of her child. Don't you get out there on no ball field and let somebody's baby strike out and somebody in the stand said, well, that little old runt can't hit a ball anyway. Look there, there's something already programmed in that mama. She'll get on you like a banny hen. You won't have no hair left on your head. Your, your ears will be red when she gets through flogging you. That's if grandma don't get there first. See, it's just, a, it's just planned, programmed in there. It's just, it's a protection they got in. And they don't know what to do but pursue it. Okay. Oh, good gracious. My word. One of my biggest deals at the church and my two daughters has been so sweet. Now we got some other folks to help out was, I wasn't really worried about out here. <laughs> I worried about that baby nursery. <laughs> I believe I can handle anything out here. But Lord, have mercy. If somebody was to get in that baby nursery in there and was to treat one of them babies wrong, I don't want one of these mad mamas on me. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's just in them. They, 
they whoop your head and then ask you questions. Or they just get on you and say, I wonder why you wonder why I just slapped you. Well, let's go on and get to verse 17. There was already, David had some brothers, maybe 14. David had some brothers. He, they, was, they was at the war. They was at the war, but they was not willing to cabal up about it. They, the, this man would come out every morning. He would come out every afternoon. He, he would make fun of God. I'm telling you, they're doing it on live TV now. Oh, you know the last person's going to be elected to do anything, whether it be in this county or all the way to the White House, is a person to stand up and say, let me tell you something. First of all, I love Jesus. It started off, look here, in the beginning, look here, if this country was founded on that King James Bible right there, that's the one I'm going to open, that's the one I'm going to read from, that's the one I'm going to make my decisions from. I'm going to tell you something, he'll be the last one to be elected. But I tell you what I think, I think we headed back in that direction. Of course, I know folks are hollering. Of course they're hollering. When they've been spoon-fed every day, they don't have to work, they don't have to do nothing. The Bible says if a person don't work, they shouldn't get to eat. Now, let me slow that down and explain it to you. How long do you think a person won't work when he's starving to death? Hello? A man ain't going to starve to death. Oh, no, you just put him out there and say, well, I tell you what, you just sit there and starve to death. It won't be long. He'll pick up that hole like you didn't have to go. I'm here to tell you, I ain't got much time for lazy folks. When we got women in this church that get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go to a job, and when their mamas get home, they still got a full day's work. I ain't got much time for lazy. Well, these boys, these brothers done got lazy. Brother Eddie, where in the world are you going? There ought to be a plan. When you get saved, there ought to be a plan inside of you. There ought to be something you done promised. There's a plan inside of you that I'm going to live for Jesus. So it's like a, a mother when she has a, a baby that's just planned in her. They, she's not going to never want out of raising that child. Hmm. I've got a daughter done almost 40 years old. She'll tell me right now, she said, let me tell you something, I was a baby when this thing started out and I'm still a baby. You understand me? When I call you, I expect you to come running. I'm still her daddy. Her mama's still her mama. She can call on us. We're going to come. Why? Because it's just in us to do that. Because why? She's her daughter. These brothers right here should have known, said in verse 14, it said, and David was the youngest of the three elders, followed Saul. And the three elders followed Saul and, and David went to return from Saul to feed his father's sheep in, in Bethlehem and the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. 40 days it was. And Jesse said unto David his son, take now for thy brethren and Ephraim of parched corn and 10 loaves of bread and run to the camp of thy brethren and carry these 10 cheeses to the captains of their thousands and look how thy brother fared and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Eli and, and fighting with the Philistines and David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went to Jesse 
as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench that the host was going forth to the, to the fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, he, he beheld there came up a champion, a Philistine of Gath, Goliath, by the name out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were so afraid. Man, we just living in a time now where we just afraid to stand up for what's right, Brother Harris. We just, we just afraid. It seemed like you're outnumbered, don't it? It seemed like don't nobody care, don't it? So it's really easy to fall into that. Just don't nobody care and let it go. But we need to be like this man David was. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man which has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that that man who killeth him, the king, will enrich him with great riches and give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood up by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that ye should defy the armies of the living God? He asked a question. Who is it? Who is it that's going to come up for what's wrong as we ought to stand today as we begin to think about how David's going to handle this situation? This, this is what we need to do as Christian believers. We need, to, we need to go on and make a stand. This is what we're going to do. Amen. You need to have the same stand that a mama has for a child that she don't neglect that responsibility. She holds out. There's a plan and there's a purpose and she pursues what she was called to do. And the people answered him after this matter of sin, so shall it be done to the man that kill him. And Elip, his brother, heard when he spake unto these men, and Elip's anger was kindled against David and said, Why comest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in, in the wilderness? Go on back and do that. I know thy pride and thy knowledge in thy heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. I, I know you're just a naughty, naughty little person, but just go on back and just take care of them few sheep. He wanted just kind of, hmm. Isn't it something that the most unlikely people are the ones that make the biggest stands? Huh? Have you ever noticed that the one that seemed like they're running the mouth the, the hardest or doing the least, the least that there are in the kingdom of God? They, everybody shows up to complain. Everybody shows up to say, I don't know why in the world, but no, nobody have a solution. So, and then David said, what, what have I done now? What have I done now? What if... What if what, what if, am, I, am I the issue here? What have I done? He said, is there not a... A cause. I want to tell you something. As we, as Christian people, 
that happened to be American people at the same time. Let me just say this. People that don't want to fight for right and they don't want to stand for what's right. When it comes the day that all it is is a great big pile of wrong, they ain't going to like wrong. When there's a great big power where they don't want to say that everybody needs to work and everybody has a job, when it comes the day that nobody's working and everybody's just sucking off the vine and all it is is one big pile of them, they ain't going to like it. When it comes to a time that the Bible says that it's going to happen in this, in this life that we're living in, there's going to come a time when, when he's going to send a strong delusion. And it won't even be any truth anymore. And all's going to be left is a lie. Ain't going to be no churches to bother you no more. Ain't going no, to no, gonna be no godly mothers just to say, man, I just wish you'd come. Could you please come on Mother's Day? It's Mother's Day. Please come and be in church with me. Let me tell you something. If you've got one of them mothers, if you've got one of them mothers that says, let me tell you what's up and we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do about this house we're living in. And I don't know what kind of car we're going to drive. But I'm going to tell you something as your mother what we're going to do. We're going to be in the house of the Lord when it comes Sunday. If you've got a mother, if you've got a grandmother that loves you enough, that's willing to take a stand, that's come out from among them and they separate just like David has been separated out. And sometimes if it wasn't for the mother, us sorry men wouldn't even be in the house of the Lord. Or a daughter, happens to be a mother. It's time that we men, there is a cause. And he turned from, from him toward another, and he spake after the manner of the people, answered him again in the former manner. And when the words were heard that David spoke, they rehearsed them before Saul, and, and he sent him. And, and David said to Saul, and just for time's sake, you know what happened? When Saul seen little David coming, first thing they did, they tried to, they tried to make him just like we try to make folks look religious sometimes. They, they, they put on a bunch of armor on him and, and it done weighted him down. Seemed like it was 136 pounds of armor that the giant had on him. I don't know what they tried to put on David. But I know the head of the spear of that giant was like 18 pounds. I can only imagine the Bible says that when David was going, he was running toward the giant just as fast as he could go. And in the midst of running, he stopped by a little brook and he, and he picked up five stones, which four he wasn't even going to need. And on his way, because he had a plan, because he had a purpose in life and because he didn't mind pursuing what God had made him before the foundations of the earth to do. As that giant was laughing, who is this that's coming? I mean, has this got to be a joke? Are you joking me? I don't know where you're at in this whole thing. I don't know where you're at in this whole thing. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a war going on. I don't believe the women folks ought to be fighting at all. I think it's time that us sorry men, 
I think it's time we said, look here, it ain't up to the wife to make sure I'm in church anymore. It ain't up to my husband to make sure that we go to church. Look, at, it ain't up to me to make sure. It's up to the, boy, don't we want to be the head of the house? <laughs> I remember going to someone one time and him and his wife was having trouble and I walked in the door and I said, well, what you going to do to fix this deal? Oh, that man got mad at me. <laughs> he said, oh, I should have known. He said, it's all my fault. I should have known. I said, well, you are the man of the house, ain't you? Miss <laughs> Linda remember the time that I went across town and I preached a message about the men need to take the Wrangler jeans and throw it back over the closet door again and take them little leotards off and The men didn't get mad at me, the women did. <laughs> well, I thank God for a church. I remember going up to a radio station. They was trying to pin me in something, and they was asking questions about the women. <laughs> well, what, what the women do? Do the women preach? Do the women do all that? It wasn't long. That line went to lighten up on that radio station. <laughs> the women of the church. Said, Brother Ed, it done taught us it's all right if we don't cut the yard every time. It's all right if we don't have to change the oil in the vehicles in the driveway all the time. It's all right if we don't, as women, we don't have to roof the house. We don't mind our men being the head of the church, head of the, head of the household that we're living in. We just fine. I like that Jerry Clower's wife, what she said one time. They were trying to preach all this liberation stuff to her. Said, look here. Said, so Mama ain't gonna like it. Said, so Mama's like it. Everything going just fine. She got going on in the household. That's right. Look here. David said, Is there not a cause? Look here. I just want to thank you. If you fall in line with that, that you're setting your children down and you're teaching them as a mama, because I don't know why it is, but it's just in a mama to do that stuff. Us men can do it. It seems like we don't. We don't get that done just as well as y'all do, but somehow or another, y'all can sit down and look here. If you've got a mama that's loving you and putting some of them principles inside of you that's going to help you and, and guide you down through life and it lines up with God's word, I tell you what, you ought to applaud your mother today for being such a good mama. But you got to remember now, even at 27 years old in life like I am. Man, I come from that old way. Man, I can, rem I can remember them little ladies. Man, they'd they go over and cover that girl up. Don't wear that dress too short. Man, I... <laughs> Boy, man, would they give her a talking to. Oh, but also... I can remember also as a little boy back sitting there talking while the preacher was preaching. You think them women couldn't come by and take that ear and twist that thing just right? Oh, no, you look... It, 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 it's really something if your mama turned around and looked at you mean. Uh, it was really something if your daddy looked at you mean, but somebody that wasn't even related to you, but look, one of them little women in the church, boy, they just come out there to twist that ear good for you. Oh, it just taught you something. <laughs> boy, when you see them, you say, yes, ma'am. 
Just my how you do good. <laughs> I mean, you just, I mean, stay at you in shock. David wasn't even supposed to be there. And he went headed for that giant that was in his life. I'm going to tell you something. You say, now, Brother Eddie, you know all that stuff going on on the TV and all that stuff going on in the White House and all that stuff going out yonder. What's that got to do with us? It all winds up right here. You know what I think is the only hope? The only hope for what we got in life, the only, the only hope that, that, that we've got, the, the only possibility that we can, we can get out of this thing and, and, uh, and, and, and be a successful nation and our grandchildren. I've got little Josie Kate. She's just over a, a year old. I'm thinking about, man, what do you do? I mean, what do, you, what do you do? I mean, how much do you protect them? In Second Chronicles that I read to you, let me read this in closing. The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard thy prayer. And I have chosen this place to myself to be a house of sacrifice. He said, if I shut up the heavens and there be no more rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. In verse 14, it says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will hear thy land. One more verse and I'll be closing. He said, now mine eyes shall be opened and my ears attentive to thy prayer that is made in this place. Who are you going to let fight to fight for you? Who are you going to let the fight to fight for you and your family? Mama may be gone. Mama may not took that role. Who's going to fight that fight? I remember going to that man's house and, and I said, what you going to do about this situation? He said, I should have known it's going to be all my fault. I said, well, let me ask you something. I said, if a burglar comes to your door, do you send your wife to the door? Sound like to me you've got a problem. You've got to work out the problem. Let me tell you something. We've been born again. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. God didn't save us for no reason. And I believe that everything and every situation we got going on in America, I think every one of them can be worked out. If we as believers, no matter how small you may think we are, look here, if we, if we that are called by the name of the Lord, if we'll do what the Bible says and we'll humble ourselves and we'll turn and not sit down like David's brothers and sit down and not let this thing laugh at us no more, become somebody like a mama that took raising their baby real serious. They don't want nobody else to raise their baby. They don't want nobody else to take that responsibility. Listen to me just a minute. All I can preach about is what I know about. All I can preach about is that little woman, Louise Martin, that on Sunday night she'll be sitting right over there and she'll have a little walker. All I can tell you about is 
it was never a question whether we was going to go to church or not. It was not a question whether the Bible was going to get read and there was going to be prayer. I didn't care who come to my house. I know, the, I know they would be called holy rollings, but, but I mean, can you imagine walking to a house and nobody never had prayer in their house and they walk in and say, we got to go to the living room. So what we're going to say, well, mama's called us in there. We, we're going to read the Bible and have prayer. <laughs> and whoever's done come home to me, they say, well, uh, you go on, I'm going to stay in here. I said, it ain't going to work. You know what? David had a plan. He had a plan. When he, when, he, when he showed up at that place, I believe when he landed the first time, I believe when that giant the first time went to laughing and making fun of his God, I believe he had a plan set in him, Brother Harris. It was set in him. And his plan, he was going to get to that giant. I believe he had a purpose. I believe he had a purpose. I believe he wasn't. I believe he had a purpose because why? He stepped up to the plate. Yeah. He's the one that stepped at the plate. He was fair complected. He was just a ruddy little old boy. Maybe it's a redheaded, just little freckled. Maybe, maybe wasn't too much muscles. I don't know what he was, but he probably was a less likely one to step up to the plate. But he, he did that. And then the last thing, when they finally said, okay, he pursued it. You got a plan? What's your plan? You know what I found out about folks? If they ain't got a plan, most of the time they're going to quit. You got to have a plan. Then you got to pursue it. You, you got to be willing. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set up. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I ain't going to just talk about it. I'm going to do something about it. Oh, can't you just see in closing that little shepherd boy, David? He said, now you come to me <laughs> with a spear and a sword. I'm going to tell you something. Most of the time, you're going to be outnumbered. If you want a church that's going to raise your hands, anybody, you've got to fight for it now. you got a church going to be shouting. You've got to fight for it now. Most Christian folks wouldn't care if you had two sticks up here just waving around doing that little fancy thing every Sunday. Most folks don't go to church. They don't want these things in there no more. You go into some church and say, where's your altar at? You go to reading the Bible, go all through the Old Testament, tell me the very first thing they've done. They built some altars. Folks is dying. Ain't nobody getting healed. Get you one of these little things with some oil in it? So, no, we don't do that. When the Bible says there'd be one sick among you, you got to call for the elders of the church and on them with oil, pray the prayer of faith on them. They'll be healed. And if any sins they committed. Now, let me get a little rude with you in closing. Brother Tommy, if I can do this, you, you scotch me back there. Brother Tommy's a big man back there. Y'all go through him and get to me. You can sit back on your little two shoes if you want to. 
But I really want my granddaughter Joseph to go to a shouting church. I really want her to go to one that's got some oil in it. I really want my granddaughter to have the same thing that I had, go to a church that's got some good old-fashioned altars on it. I really want that real bad. And I don't know about you, I done planned in my heart, I done purpose in my heart, and I'm going to pursue whatever I got to do to keep it that way. I just want to know who's going to be in a fight with me. I believe a lot of folks have been buried at the funeral homes wasn't supposed to be buried. I believe a lot of folks is living that wouldn't have been living. Do you know what that word right there says? That's what this King James says now. It says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person because of the blood now, not because he done good. Availeth much. It means it makes a difference. Danny, I'm so glad you called me the other day. I'm so glad I pulled into a little place. He said, Brother Eddie, be praying. My 14-year-old daughter's down there in a bonner. Look here, this don't mean nothing to you because, see, ain't nobody sick. You ain't sick. Your daughter ain't sick. Your wife ain't sick. Your husband ain't sick. Ain't nobody sick. Man, you just, you just like Davis Brothers. Man, you just sit back like, man, I, I don't even know what that's got to do with no Mother's Day deal. Look, I didn't come to preach on Mother's Day. I come to preach on Jesus and to tell you how proud I am of the mom. Now, we're going to quit. It's important. It's important. Man, I pulled in a little old body shop place. Me and Danny, we just agreed in Jesus' name. Here's the way it's going to be. The Bible says us just speak old sayings that, that wasn't just like they were. So wait a minute, it ain't all that. How many miracles we done got? How, how much more? Is there not a cause? I, after God done been so good and after God done already performed so many miracles... Ronnie Holmes showed me a picture yesterday morning of Anna. Is that your baby's name, the swamp? When she was born, she was premature. That skin was all wrinkled up on her. Her eyes were sucked back in her head. Look at it. It didn't seem like no life. And now you see a picture. She's a, a beauty queen. I mean, God. Best thing you can do for this country, don't you worry about no election. Don't you worry what side you're going to be on. Don't you worry about you Democrat or Republican. If you ain't going to stand for God, the battle's already over. I, I come to tell you, but if God be for you, who can be against you? Hey, boy, didn't I like that? I said, if God be for you, who can be against you? Don't mean nothing, does it? Let somebody else fight the fight. Let somebody else worry about it. Oh, David. Wow. David reminds me of my mama. David reminds me of my mama. I'm going to close with this funny story. About everything, I got two. I told you all about my 
brother. I was riding on the front of that 80 and forward tractor with that disc on it. And I was up there like I was riding a bucking horse. I was having a time. And that thing bucked me off. Before I knew it, that tractor didn't run over me and that disc was on the back. And when he stopped, I was just right there, right between it. He drug me out of there and he threw me across his shoulder. And when I got to the house, Wayne, all he has was my two feet, seemed like. I was so out of breath, like if he don't hurry up, he's going to kill me. <laughs> Throw me up on the table. Mama's asking what's wrong. Chilton's out of breath. What's wrong? I, 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 he couldn't say nothing. I can't say nothing. I'm out of breath. Finally, he got out. I ran over him with the tractor. You run over him with what? The tractor. He said, yeah. Boy, they slung me in the car. I told somebody, if I ain't left 16 miles in town, I'd have died. Just showed the world they moved me one more time. Boy, I remember down there about the pumping station. I got my breath, and I was okay. Mama, boy, she was in pursuit getting me some help. And I want to tell you a funny on me. It done snowed one winter. You ain't never done this, I know. But there was some, we had a grocery store, and there was a, propane tank out there beside the store and that snow was on that propane tank and, and I was out there licking snow off the propane tank. <laughs> Mamas just know what to do. That's what I'm going to try to tell you. All of a sudden, my tongue done got stuck to that propane tank. Now, you can't just lift a propane tank up and walk around. That same brother that run over me with that tractor done run in the store, said Eddie Glenn's out there and his tongue is stuck to the propane tank and he's going to pull it plumb off. <laughs> Boy, what a mama. Mama didn't panic. Mama went over there to Beverly. All she did is got a little pot of water. And here she come out there, poured on that propane tank. Boy, my tongue come off, come off of that propane tank and, and the outer layer of my skin stayed on the deal. <laughs> they carried me to the doctor and they said, well, the tongue is the fastest healing part of your body. And you can tell today it, it healed up just fine. <laughs> Thank God for a mama. My mama thought Camp Overnake would heal anything. If Camp Overneek wasn't going to do it, that big trouble would, and she'd just put it all over you, man. Just grease you down. And didn't they have to put alcohol on everything, man? I mean, here they come without alcohol. They got to they gotta kill the germs. Boy, mamas know how to do it. Thank you, mamas, for being mama. Except that, that deal. Us husbands can't be the mama. We, we, I understand we don't do a good job being daddies. But I can tell you why, I promise you what we can't do. We can't be mama. Mamas be mamas. Thank God. Mamas, I want y'all to just stay seated. I want us men just to get up and applaud the mamas. Just the men, just the men. Come on. Come on. Lord, I thank you today. I thank you, Lord, for our mothers to teach us, to teach us so many things. I thank you for a godly mother that you gave me.